0: As we uh, dive into our series, The Names of God, this morning, we've talked over the last several weeks about God's names and the importance of understanding them as we come to Him with different situations, different problems, different circumstances in our lives. Uh, David Wilkerson says this, he says, each revelation learning about the names of God, each revelation is like a separate ray of light reflecting from a diamond. It reveals a different aspect of our Lord's nature, giving us fresh views of His character and power towards us. So God gives us His names in order to help reveal who He is so we can understand a different character trait of God. As we've talked about, God's names are relevant to the specific times and circumstances of those who he reveals them to. And I think they're also relevant to us in our time today as well. This morning we're learning about the name El Shaddai. El Shaddai, or God Almighty. Thank you, Stacy, for singing the special music this morning. I thought it was appropriate for... This morning to sing that song as there's a lot of different names and character traits of God within that song El Shaddai. The name El Shaddai is found in many different places. It's used many times as El Shaddai and it's also just the term Shaddai referring to God. Almighty is used also throughout Scripture. This morning we're going to start with a reference in Exodus chapter 6 and we're going to kind of work our way backwards to the first time El Shaddai was used. Exodus 6 verse 2, God is speaking to Moses. This is God revealing himself. We looked at this verse actually when we were talking about the term Yahweh or Jehovah, but God speaks to Moses and he said this. He said, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am jehovah i am yahweh i appeared to abraham to isaac and to god and to jacob as god or almighty or as el shaddai but by my name the lord or yahweh i did not make myself known to them so god is telling moses i am revealing myself to you as yahweh But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew me as God Almighty. They knew me as El Shaddai. God blesses Jacob as we work our way backwards. Genesis chapter 35. And God said to him, I am El Shaddai. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you. And kings shall come from your own body." Tony Evans makes a comment, as God is blessing and is doing things, Tony says, God's favor to you, God's blessing to you, is so that it might be expressed through you. God doesn't just bless you for your own purpose. He blesses you so that others can see his blessing through you, and he continues on, and he says, if it cannot flow through you, he isn't interested in bringing it to you. Moving again backwards, Genesis chapter 28, it says, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. That's Isaac blessing Jacob as well. God Almighty, El Shaddai. Finally, we come to our text in Genesis chapter 17, and if you don't have your Bibles open already, I encourage you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 17. It's the first time El Shaddai, or God Almighty, is used in Scripture. We've talked a lot about the lives of Abraham and Moses as God is revealing himself to them. But let me remind you of a couple of events in Abraham's life. Abraham was given a promise by God at 75 years old. Do you remember what that promise was? The promise was that he would make him into a nation. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God promises that he would make Abram into a great nation. He requires that Abraham leave his people, leave his home, go to the nation that he would show him. It's not like he said, all right, here's Google Maps, Abram. I'm going to put that destination in and hit go, and you just have to follow the path. It wasn't like that at all. Abram had to just go, and is where God led, and said, well, no, you need to turn here. Well, you need to turn here. God led him to where he needed to go. He promised him he would give him a land, he would give him a great name, and that all the families of the earth would be blessed through him. So Abram obeys. And he leaves, and he follows God. His wife Sarai follows him as well, and Lot, and all of his servants and his possessions, and they go on this destination. In Genesis chapter fourteen, last week we talked about El Elyon, God Most High. But in Genesis chapter fifteen. Abram reminds God of his promise. He says, O Lord God, O Elohim Yahweh, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. God, you promised to bless me. You promised to give me a nation, but I don't have any children. I have this heir, but he's not My child. So in Abram's mind, he couldn't understand how God would give him a nation without any children. In Genesis 16, Abram and Sarai decide to take matters into their own hands. Sarai says, I have a servant. Named Hagar, why don't you have a child with her? And so, at this point, Abram is 86 years old. 11 years have passed since God made his initial initial promise. They got tired of waiting. They decided they'd try something on their own. We know that that was outside of God's best plan for their lives. By the time we get to Genesis chapter 17, where we're at, another 13 years has passed. It's been 24 years since God made his initial promise to Abram. Things seem hopeless for him. At this point, Abram is 99 years old. Sarai is around 90 years old. And we come to Genesis chapter 17. Verse 1 says this. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord, Yahweh, appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. God is reaffirming his covenant with Abraham. God introduces himself as El Shaddai. As we've talked about before, the name El is the shortened version of Elohim. Elohim is a name that stands for God's might, God's power, God's omnipotence. And it's used with God in respect to creation. Remember, we looked at Genesis 1 and 2, how God created. In Genesis chapter 17, God changes Abram's name. Verse 5, no longer shall your name be called Abram. But your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Wait a second, God. A multitude of nations. That sounds like a lot of people. I don't have any children yet. It's been 24 years. It's much like David when he cries out in the Psalms, how long, O Lord? How long must I wait? God changes Abram's name, and he also changes Sarai's name. Verse 15. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, you should not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Verse 16. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. So both of their names are changed. He calls Sarai, Sarah, princess, and says that kings, many kings will come through her lineage by the son that's about to be born. Sarah is 90 years old at this point. She's called a princess. Just to give you reference, the Queen of England is 95 years old. She's the queen. But God called Sarah a princess. That kings would come through her. He's instilling in Abraham and Sarah's lineage royalty that can only be given by God. He's instilling a royalty that David would come from. A royalty that Solomon would come from. A royalty that Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords would come from. What's Abraham's response? Verse 17 of chapter 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and he laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? He laughs at the news. It seemed like an impossible task. A man who is 100, a woman who is 90, but it's not impossible for God Almighty El Shaddai, there are times in our lives when we're wrestling with circumstances, where we're wrestling with situations in our lives and they don't have solutions immediately. It takes time. It takes God's work in these situations. The weeks turn into months, the months turns into years. Years. The years turned into a time where we cry out and we say, how long, Lord? How long do I have to wait? And sometimes we think God is taking too long or that God has forgotten. But it's important that God introduces himself to Abram here as God Almighty. There's an importance Of God as El Shaddai or as God Almighty. The first point I want to make is El Shaddai can and will fulfill his promises. El Shaddai can and will fulfill his promises. God is reassuring both Abraham and Sarah here that he has not forgotten the promise that he made back in Genesis chapter 12. He had planned that Abraham and Sarah would have a child. They just had to wait for God's timing. They just had to wait for God's plan. Sometimes it's not as hard to follow God when he says to you, you need to leave this place and go. Like he did with Abraham at the beginning. He said, you need to leave. You need to go leave Haran and go to the place that I will show you. And it's easy when we have an action we can do, right? Right? When God says, all right, it's time for you to go, and you say, okay, take that first step. It's easier when we have something to do, but when God says, wait, when God says, it's not my timing yet, it's much harder. But God can and will fulfill his promises. Nathan Stone, in his commentary, says, That in this name, in the name El Shaddai, God is seen to be the power or shedder forth of blessings. That he is the all-sufficient and all-bountiful one. That God is working to bless Abram within his timing. And notice in verse 1 that God gives him instructions that Abram is to walk before him and to be blameless. To follow his path. It's much like Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord. Trust in Yahweh with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths or make straight your paths. If you're leaning on him and you're acknowledging him, he's going direct your path. He's going to be your GPS. Saying, it's time for you to go this way. It's time for you to do this. You need to follow me now. There are times we want to help God with the things that he promises. We want to do it in our strength. But much like Abram and Sarah, we try to take matters into our own hands. But the psalmist reminds us in Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. The Most High, El Elyon, will abide in the shadow of Shaddai. I will say to Yahweh, my refuge and my fortress My Elohim in whom I trust. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Dwelling and abiding don't feel like we're doing anything. When you dwell somewhere, you just feel like you're just sitting there, right? If you're abiding somewhere, you're all abiding in this room right now, and you're doing very well at it. Good job, you're all dwelling in this room, and you're doing really good at it. None of you are getting up and walking out. You feel like you're not doing anything, but are you noticing all the things you're not doing right now? There's thousands of things... That you're all having self-control right now, and you are not doing. It's taking a lot of effort to sit there and not do anything. And so the psalmist says: He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You see, the psalmist reminds us that it is our job to dwell in the shelter of the Most High, to abide in the shadow of Shaddai. You see, the truth is, it's not my responsibility to fulfill God's promises. Fulfilling God's promises is not my responsibility. It is my responsibility to trust in his promises and his ability to fulfill them. The difference is in the trusting. The importance of God is El Shaddai. First, El Shaddai can and will fulfill his promises. Secondly, El Shaddai can make anything possible. Can make anything possible. There is no circumstance or no situation that is too difficult for God. There is no disease, addiction, debt, burden, or care that God can't work in. He is God. A, a German theologian, Franz Delitzsch, it says Elohim is the God who creates nature so that it is and supports it so that it continues. We've talked about that. Elohim creating nature. El Shaddai is the God who compels nature to do what is contrary to itself. El Shaddai, the God who heals. Because all of our bodies just naturally do what? Get sick. I'll give you more examples of this in a minute. You see, El Shaddai is the one who gives a son to a couple who shouldn't be able to bear children anymore. He does something that is outside of natural law. He creates everything, but then he says, I can also work inside of this however I want. You see, El Shaddai can cause the oil of a widow to never run out. That her jar never gets empty. El Shaddai can cause five loaves and two fish to feed thousands of people. El Shaddai can cause dry bones to come to life. El Shaddai can bring Lazarus back from the grave. El Shaddai can put his spirit into a repentant heart and turn brokenness into beauty. El Shaddai can take people that are sinful, draw them to himself, and then he calls them sons and daughters. He calls them prince and princesses. In 2 Corinthians 6.18 Paul writes message from God. And I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. El Shaddai. He says, I will take these messed up people and I will make them sons and daughters to me because I am El El Shaddai. You see, I think sometimes... We believe in the God that creates, but we leave him in Genesis chapter 2, and we don't recognize that God is also El Shaddai. The God who can work in any situation or in any circumstance. So do you believe, do you have faith that El Shaddai can achieve anything according to his will? Finally this morning, El Shaddai is all-sufficient for our needs. The word Al Shaddai, the word Shaddai, the root word from that, gives us the picture of a mother nursing her child, a mother feeding her child. The mother is able to supply the nourishment the child needs. Tony Evans states, the name El Shaddai, when coupled with its root meaning, presents the image of God supplying the nourishment to sustain life. You see, El Shaddai is all sufficient and has all the power to supply his promises. When we're at our weakest, he's still able to fulfill the things he wants from us. When we are weak or frail, he is still strong. This last week we've had several late nights here and there. and We had a, a night where we, were, we got home late and William hadn't had his bottle before bedtime. And he was doing okay, but you knew it was time for him to have his bottle. And so Stacy got him a bottle and I, I took it and I started feeding him. And he was drinking and drinking and drinking and then after a while his eyes started to close... And pretty soon, he he was still drinking, but then pretty soon the drinking slowed down. So I did the little tug on the bottle, you know, to see if he's still there. And there was nothing. He was done. He'd gotten what he needed. He'd gotten the nourishment he needed. And he was out. That's the picture of us resting in El Shaddai. He can do everything to meet our needs. We just need to abide or dwell in him. You see, the picture of El Shaddai is he gave Abram and Sarah exactly what they needed. What did they need to continue on to become a nation of great people? They needed at least one child, right? God didn't give her twins. He didn't give her triplets. He didn't give her quadruplets. He didn't continue that on, but I'm not going to try to do the math. Uh, You you see what I'm saying? God didn't give them ten children. He gave them one. He supplied exactly what they needed. So will you rest in the promise that El Shaddai is all sufficient for you? Will you rest in the promise that El Shaddai is all sufficient for you? There's some connections to Jesus too. El Shaddai is connected in the New Testament here. Jesus was the fulfillment of El Shaddai's promise to Abram. When he said all the people of the earth will be blessed through you, Jesus was that fulfillment. That the entire world would be blessed through Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection. El Shaddai played out in Jesus' ministry as well. Calming the storm. Turning water into wine. Healing the sick, the lame, and the blind. Casting out demons. Walking on water. Bringing the dead to life. Operating outside of those natural surroundings. Jesus' connection that he was God in the flesh. He was El Shaddai. He was Elohim. And yet he was God the Son, not God the Father. Jesus is connected to El Shaddai. Doing things that seem almost impossible. This year, our theme has been to abide. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from you, you can do nothing. Jesus says you're not going to be able to produce any spiritual fruit You're not going to be productive in a way that matters if you're operating outside of abiding in Jesus Christ. It's much like the verse we just looked at in Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. It's that dwelling, that abiding, that refraining from doing thousands of other things because you understand the importance of dwelling and abiding in Jesus Christ. And abiding in the shadow of Shaddai. So, in closing this morning, El Shaddai brings all of his promises to completion and is sufficient to meet any and all of our needs. God is going to fulfill all of his promises. He's not taking a break, he's not taking a nap. God is working, and he's sufficient to meet any and all of our needs. This morning I want to close in prayer with a prayer that was from uh, one of the resources I'm using. It's called the Names of God Bible. Would you pray with me? El Shaddai. God Almighty, thank you for your great and awesome power. God, you never grow weary. You never give up. You are going to fulfill your promises no matter what. God, I pray that as we learn from your word this morning, we would trust you. And not trust the things of the world, but we would abide and dwell with you. Not trying to do things on our own power. God reign over us, use us, make us intent to pursuing you and your will. God, we pray that you would help us as we abide. God, continue to provide everything we need. God, help us to follow after you and to trust you that you are all-sufficient. You are sovereign. You are in control. You are El Elyon, you are El Shaddai. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.